You're listening to the Living for Synergy podcast. Hey friends, welcome. I'm your host, Kelsey Hargrove, psychotherapist, yoga instructor, and personal trainer. This podcast was created to help listeners increase their quality of life and overall well-being by emphasizing the intersection of mental and physical health. Please note that the information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider. Stick around for mantra moments of guided meditation led by me, as well as curated conversation from influential men and women purpose to inspire you, to motivate you, and to nourish you to live for synergy. So um, for those of you that are listening, let's just go ahead and take a moment to settle into our space. And that can look like whatever you need it to look like. But we're just gonna take a moment to really arrive. Bringing a little awareness to your breath. Bringing a little awareness to your container and to the body that you're arriving with. And just give yourself an opportunity to land. So that we feel positioned and postured to receive. Noticing the power of slowing down the heart rate through mindfulness of the breath. Notice the power of body awareness and how it grounds us. And again, how it brings us to the present moment. To the here and to the now. Permission to land and permission to arrive. Again, so that we are postured and positioned to receive all the goodness. Taking just as much time as you need to get here. And when you're ready, check in and make sure that you're arriving with your whole self. That none of you is left behind and None of you is trying to move forward too fast, but that we are arriving in fullness. And friends, whenever you are ready, I think I'm good in here. I think Brittany might be good in here. And so thank you all for listening in. Thank yourselves for listening in and for being here. Um, We're going to add a little extra spice, a little extra flavor into today's time together. Um, I have the lovely opportunity to sit here with Dr. Yes, y'all. And she popping. I wish y'all could see her. But you can see her on her platforms. But we'll get to that. But either way, I am sitting here virtually. We are practicing safety. (laughs) 
with Dr. Brittany Cofield, also known as Dr. BMCP. She is a PhD, or she has her PhD. She's also a 200-hour registered yoga instructor. She is the owner of Y'all Wellness Collective. I said that right, right? You did. Yes. <laughs> Y'all Wellness Collective. Um, so, okay. So I had an opportunity to do some stalking. <laughs> um Yes, girl. Do a little. I'm worried. Like, what did you find? <laughs> no, not like, not like too much talking. I'm and I'm gonna leave a lot of it up to you too to share. Um, but opportunity just to kind of dig through, you know, your Instagram and through your website and everything. But also, you guys, like, you know, those people that you cross paths, whether just through work or Instagram or whatever. And so, I've had a couple of opportunities to interact with. Um, Brittany, and listen, I can't be selfish and save her all for myself. So that's why I'm like, <laughs> would you would you be on my podcast so that we can so that we can share your light with the other people that get to listen in? So yeah, I did some digging, and um, one thing that really stuck out on your website was that Y'all Wellness Collective is growing mindful communities that advocate for rest. Y'all, she is an, a rest activist. She is a space holder. She is a community generator. Um, she is a meditation guide. She is all the things. And so again, like so happy that you get to be here with us. And um, I've been blessed and nourished by just a few opportunities that we've had a time to connect. And so again, just mm-hmm. want to be able to share your light with other people. Um, I think last time we were talking, we mentioned... Um, like doing similar things, but being so attracted to one another because we do similar things and being able to highlight one another on our platforms. And so I'm excited to to get to spend time with you, to get to hear from you and all the good that you're doing in the community. Um, And just about kind of what got you here. Um, And then some tasty treats later on, later, later you guys that we'll get to do some meditating with Brittany as well. So again, Hopefully, you guys have fully arrived and fully landed. You got all the things that you need. Um, and so, yeah, thank you for thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. First of all, I feel real hyped up right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm a humble creature, but it does feel nice. See your yes. nice things about yourself. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Ooh, I love that you said that. You know how many times I have people that are like, I struggle to accept compliments. Yeah, I've I've been that person. I really have. But I realize when you do that, you're in a sense diminishing your own light. It's almost as if you're saying, no, 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 I'm really not what you say I am. Because really, that means that you don't believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've spent a long time not believing the the good and true things people have said about me. Um, And I have made it my mission the past couple years just through personal work, through work in therapy, because I believe in therapy, um, (laughs) (laughs) that you just, you know, if you ever hope to be what you see in your mind, then it starts with you believing that it's even possible. And so I'm just like, you know, you can still be humble and accept the compliment. Those things can exist at the same time. It doesn't make you arrogant. It doesn't make you self-centered it it means that you understand when people say the truth about you and you like I know (laughs) I know yes 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 thank you for receiving and y'all see already we are like seven (laughs) minutes in and sis is already dropping the gems come on with it 
See, I told you y'all was gonna be blessed by this conversation. Um, Girl, this is work. Years and years and years of personal work. Yes, yes, so true. So the belief system that we have about ourselves, being able to accept what other people say about us, but also just like our language um, with how we talk to ourselves and how we speak about ourselves. So yeah, no, I'm grateful and so excited just to, yeah, hold space with you, so. Thank you, thank you. Yes, so... um, not like tons and tons of questions, but one thing that I did want to um, ask about was just like outside of the brief intro and kind of me sharing some of the things that I've learned about you and had the opportunity to observe just from your your platforms. Um, if you would tell us just a little bit about Dr. BMCP. Um <laughs> And just kind of like your journey, how you landed here. Um, I'm super into this like rest advocacy and this rest activist title. Um, And so, yeah, give us just a little bit about your journey and how you've landed where you are now. Sure. I have a very roundabout story. (laughs) So it all began, you know, undergrad. I also was psychology major. Um, and at first I was interested in the clinical route and then someone introduced to me community psychology, which I had never heard of before. And um, so I did some research, took an undergraduate level class in it and realized, oh, I think that's the thing I'm interested in. I've always liked being a part of experiences that help people work together to be their best selves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that there's just so much more impact when you do something collectively. Mm-hmm. And I was excited to find a field that specifically was geared towards what does it look like to be a partner with community? What does it look like to work with people, not come in saying, I know better for you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, you know, I, I, I'm coming in with prescriptions to solve all your problems. Yeah. That's not, that's never the right approach, but it's more so grounded in how can we work together to build a culture of self-sufficiency mm. and um you know the the, the the saying teaching someone how to fish mm-hmm. um but the thing is in in that space we're both learning how to fish i'm learning more about you and your community and what you need and i you know and you're learning more about maybe some resources or tools that i can bring to the table to help structure what it looks like to get to that point and so um, I got really excited about that. I've always been somebody who I, I don't do well when I don't get to do community things. Mm-hmm. Um, so applied for grad school, got into NC State, moved my whole life um, to the Triangle area and was in all the stuff. I was in when the last census came around. I was very involved in that work. Um, I did a lot of work with the Boys and Girls Club, a lot of volunteering. Um, I co co-produced uh open mic for two years in durham Mm -hmm. called mixed mic mondays so we brought and it was free it was free um and we had a live band it was every monday every first monday of the month i believe it was somewhere child once a month (laughs) on a monday night and we would pack this restaurant on a monday night at 7 p.m till 10 p.m and we had uh poets and singers and mcs and whole bands and all of these artists in Durham who are now blowing up in their own right. And so it was beautiful to create this stage for artists who are just looking for a place to grow. And all we wanted was for them to show up. And so um, that was, that was great. And then, you know, I had to 
had to finish. So I had to go do that dissertation. <laughs> um, and then that work was focused on um, like community access to like digital resources, because, you know, we live in a world where the assumption is everybody has Wi-Fi, everybody has, you know, an iPhone and computer and iPad. And that is absolutely untrue. The digital divide persists now. Yeah. You can even see it with what's going on with homeschooling and working from home and the challenges that families are finding with this disparate access mm -hmm. when it comes to learning virtually. So um, I did that for a while, worked in local government, and then from there worked for a startup where I was responsible for creating community trainings for seniors and um, helping them learn how to use smart technology. So the mm -hmm. company I worked for specifically worked with that population and created software to help them learn how to use technology and use it to control their environment so they could be more independent. Yeah. And that was really fun. I basically spent a lot of time with a bunch of grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> that, I just, that was just like, that's what I did, you know, just taught, taught people, grandparents, how to use technology yeah. um, and train the communities to be helpful as they were learning. And then um, I, while I was at that job, I was spending some time with Black Space, which is an awesome organization in Durham dedicated to uh, black youth creatives. So mm -hmm. uh, they had programming around digital storytelling, which was the program I worked with, coding, beat making. They had a cipher every Friday mm -hmm. downtown in Durham. And that experience just made me realize, man, I'm missing this creative aspect to my own personal life. Mm -hmm. And I'm also missing the mark on what it could look like for me not to have to report to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So um in the middle of all of that happening, I was also diagnosed with Graves' disease. Mm -hmm. And so I'll talk about that a little bit later, but that that was the true catalyst for me to take stock of how am I treating my body? Mm -hmm. um, because it is an autoimmune disease of the thyroid that is often triggered by stressful life events. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that. So mm -hmm. um, couldn't tell you what the trigger was, right? It could have been my dissertation. It could have been a number of things going on. Uh, but the point was, I now had my mortality to face yeah. because it's not a terminal illness, but it is a chronic one yeah. that's managed well with medication. But without that medication, I'm not going to be here. Yeah. So I take it every day, have to take it every day. There's no holistic solution. There is no, you know, diet change that I can do. My life depends on, you know, taking my medication every day. And so in yeah. knowing that, I was like, ooh, maybe I should be kinder <laughs> to this vessel of mine. Um, and so that actually is where yoga comes in. But mm -hmm. I'll stop and like breathe and let you interject. <laughs> yes, take all the breaths that you need, girlfriend. That was so nourishing just to hear, you know, like your story and how you got to where you are. But also, you know, you, you mentioned creating these environments, creating these spaces and providing this this resource of self-sufficiency to the communities around you um, but I love how you also just weaved in what that experience did for for you in your own life and some of the things that um, you discovered like you mentioned like you being diagnosed with grave disease and that being the catalyst to really like check in right because it, I know a lot of your work, again, is creating these spaces for other people and, um, again, generating community for, for other people. But we forget to think about, like, how that um, also impacts how that also impacts us. And so you had yeah. a moment where um, this thing happened that didn't define you, but just urged you and pushed you to check in with, like you said, like, how am I really taking care of this vessel, of this container, of this body that I get to navigate life with? Um, mm -hmm. 
and just creating intention around that through your yoga practice. And so I want to hear, you know, about that. But no, I love that. I love that. And I love the, um, just your vulnerability and honesty to, yeah, kind of sharing some of those pieces. Yeah, that was a rough period. I won't lie. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it happened in 2016. It was January 2016 MLK day. Ironically, I was doing a community service project that day Mm -hmm. and ended up in, urgent care and urgent care was like, Ooh, you need to go to the ER like immediately. And so, um, it, it was a very, it was traumatic. I won't lie. I think a lot of times we're, we're conditioned to be like, you know, I made it through girl and I'm okay. I did. And I am, Mm -hmm. but it was also a traumatic experience because now a body that I relied on at that point, I was 29 years old for 29 years, all of a sudden decided to, fail me Mm -hmm. um and you don't expect that when you're young you Mm -hmm. think like oh it's maybe my 60s and 70s is the time that I should be more diligent about um my health or that's when things might pop up and so it just kind of came out of nowhere and knocked me on my whole behind Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. yeah and it took a while it took a long time um for me to figure out how to live in a body that was different um and it's also a disease that doesn't a lot of people don't know that it has some some challenges with mental health as a component of it Mm -hmm. so your hormone imbalance that is normally regulated by your thyroid is now out of whack Mm -hmm. and those hormones also impact your mental health Mm -hmm. it impacts your mood it can um it's connected to anxiety uh clinical levels of anxiety clinical levels of depression and i'm not talking just cloudy days i'm talking like um folks showing up at your house at 5 a.m to do well well-being checks on you like that happened to me during that time yeah. because i was in such a deep dark depression mm-hmm. um and also trying to figure out what was the best for me health-wise and yeah. navigating that in my friendships and a relationship at that time um my job trying i had just started a brand new job and hoping they wouldn't fire me i was literally barely a month in to that yeah. position and by the grace of god um the ceo had had his own health scare the, pre- the previous year he was like we are here for you do what you got to do you got health insurance we're not letting you go and mm-hmm. i was like thank god yes. <laughs> yes. yeah so um i think i always include that in my story because i think it's important for just context to know like you know i arrived at this place because i i had to find something that was going to keep me together yes. <laughs> yeah I appreciate what you mentioned about um, at the start of what you said about um, a lot of times we try to say, like, I'm good, I'm going to make it through and I'm fine. Yes, all of those things are true. And in the thick of it and in the moment, it sucks and it's hard and it hurts. And so thank you for saying that because I feel like you are giving other people permission and just a reminder of, yes, I am in this season that is dark. Um, And yeah, you know, I can hold that positivity that I'll get out of this. But at the same time, let me validate this experience and let me validate my my feelings of this is hard and this sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for yeah, you're that. welcome. Yes. I think it's important for people to to share things like that because it often happens in isolation. Mm-hmm. And so it feels very much like no one in, in the world, no one else in the world is going through this as I go through this. Yeah. And I feel like to reduce the stigma around my own personal experience, 
you're right. I do want to give other people permission to know that it's absolutely okay that this is a space that you either were in or are in right now. Um, Also, there is a way out of that. Um, And you might have a lifelong relationship with this ebb and flow of Mm -hmm. dealing with the highs and lows. And that also is okay. Yeah. Um, And I had to tell myself it was okay because I had shame for a long time around around that and speaking about it. And how human it makes you, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you said, like, you know, we see you, we see like y'all wellness and all that you do for other people. Um, and I had someone that reached out to me the other day and was like, hey, just wanted to check on the therapist. And I'm like, thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing that. And so, yeah, like it makes you, it makes you human. And also, you know, kind of shifts and creates this, this, this ministry almost, right? Like we can call it that mm-hmm. of how you can serve and how you can provide and how you can support other people that are coming after you that have had similar lived experiences, whether they're similar as far as like Graves disease or just something else that was a catalyst for them to check in of like, okay, how am I, how am I, how am I stewarding this, this, this earthly vessel and body and container that I get to navigate life with? So yeah, no, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So much beauty that comes out of the storm. Right. Ooh, it's hard to see it though, because when yeah. you're in the middle, you're like, oh, so I'm just gonna get rained on every day. Huh? Oh, girl, yes. Yeah. Struck by lightning too. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a hurricane coming. Bet. Okay. Okay. Bet. Oh, cool. <laughs> I may not survive this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how that led you to to your yoga practice and being this this rest activist that you are. So yoga was the first thing I tried um, when it was time for me to move my body mm-hmm. in, when I was in recovery. So mm-hmm. one of the side effects um, that you experience with Graves' disease is joint pain, mm-hmm. muscle pain, muscle tremors, mm-hmm. um, and they're severe. Like I'd be sitting and my, my leg would just be jumping like, it, like a bouncing basketball and mm-hmm. I'm just perfectly still. Um, like walking up a flight of stairs was hard for me to do. Um, I remember celebrating one day that I could take a walk and it was not painful. It took a few, it took a while. And even now I still deal with that kind of pain. Um, and so I was like, let me try yoga. I tried yoga in college one time. Arrogant came in. I was like, I'm an athlete because I used to run track and I used to lift weights and I just thought, you know, I this is nothing but a stretch class. And I went to that yoga class, was distressed the entire time. And then the next day, probably for like a whole week after that, I could not move my body. And I was like, how? <laughs> <laughs> and I never did it again because I was like, that stuff is hard. Yeah. And no. But at this time, fast forward, I'm recovering. Uh, I was like, I need something that's gentle on my body. And something that allows me to build up strength that doesn't require me to come out the gate, you know, ready to go. And yoga was that. I started, I got a, had a yoga DVD, Yoga Works DVD. It had a, a 10 minute morning practice and a 20 minute nighttime practice. <clears throat> and I would pop it in my DVD player and do it in my living room. And I started to notice over time that I was like, okay, this is, I'm getting a little stronger. These poses aren't as hard. And um, and then started going to some yoga classes and it, it just was a gateway to. A, it was a kind way for me to reintroduce my body into movement. That's what I would say. It was a kind way. I think working out is great and it's important, 
but it can be brutal at first. And I did eventually start working with a personal trainer because I had lost so much weight. One, uh, I lost 15 pounds and I'm, I'm slim y'all. Mm-hmm. You can't see me right now, but <laughs> five, nine. And you know, my normal weight is 130. Mm-hmm. I was at 115 at the lowest, like 113. Yeah. And I was looking, walking like a, I look like a skeleton. Yeah. Um, so, you know, started with the yoga, then eventually incorporated working out, but yeah, that's kind of how I got there. And, um, I had applied to do yoga teacher training right before I moved to this area. I'm in the DMV mm-hmm. and I got into this film program in this area. And then I was like, I guess yoga teacher training is up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a chance to do it my uh, last fall and I, it was the right time then. It was on my heart. It wouldn't go away. And I was like, but the only caveat is I'm only going to learn from a black woman. Mm-hmm. I want to learn from a black woman. So there are two studios that are closest to me. There's a few black owned studios in the area, um, just expansively across Maryland, Virginia, and DC, but there's two close to me. Mm-hmm. And I found the one and I was like, yep, you're my, you are now my, my mentor. Yes. <laughs> I shall learn from you. But her philosophy as a, as a mentor and just at her studio is yoga is for everybody. Mm-hmm. And she literally means that for everybody. She's had classes in ASL, American Sign Language, yoga in Spanish. Um, she has a bunch of classes for seniors uh, as well. And even as we were learning in the program, adaptive techniques, modifications were always at the forefront of how we teach as yeah. teachers. And that's how I am as a teacher. Um, I don't care what you look like because we can't make assumptions about what people can do based on what they look like. Right. I'm going to offer you, and I've heard you say this, right? I'm going to offer you all the modifications, offer you all these adjustments that you can make and you can take what you need. Mm-hmm. And I'll let you decide what feels good in your body, but I'm not going to make you feel like this is this is not an accessible practice because it's this acrobatic, fitness-focused approach. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with a fitness approach to yoga, mm-hmm. but that's not something that's accessible for everyone. And so she instilled that in me, and that is very much a part of how I teach. Yeah. So anyone who comes to me, I'm like, they're like, oh, I can't. I got to get ready. I got to work out. I'm like, no, you don't. Show up as you are mm-hmm. because I'm going to meet you where you are mm-hmm. when we when we do this together. So you don't have to prepare for class with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Y'all, the gems, the gems. <laughs> I appreciate the, the flavors of kindness that you mentioned of like this was a kind approach to how I can begin moving my body again. And then also just the progression, how you talked about like this past fall felt like the right time. Your spirit was in it. It wouldn't go away. Um, the first time you tried it, it was a little like intimidating, like you said. Um, but no, I mean, I think that that is a lot of people's yoga experience. Like you go in like, okay, this is going to be relaxing and restorative. And it's a, that first yoga class is humbling. <laughs> when I tell you, I was like, I know nothing. Yeah. I know nothing about this world. <laughs> when you thought you knew, right? And then yoga comes and it's like, you don't know anything. Um, no, but yeah, no, I love that. And again, just like the, the kindness approach, I really want to highlight that the kind way of, of moving your body, because I do, I agree that I think a lot of times we feel like we got to get ready. We got to do this. We got to be flexible enough. I've had so many people that are like, well, I'm not flexible. I can't come to your yoga class. And I'm like, y'all listen for starters, (laughs) for starters, we know that one of the benefits of yoga is increased flexibility and mobility. However, that is not the only reason why we show up for this. 
so yeah, I, yeah, I love that. I appreciate that. Um, so what else did I want to ask you y'all? Let me look back at my notes. <laughs> take your time. Take your time. I'm here with you. Holding the space with you. Holding this space. <laughs> yes. Um, we're going to have to do another one with some Q and A's cause I'm pretty sure people are probably like, I want to know about this. I want to know about this, but we're going to make sure that we spend some time making sure that, um, everybody has your, how they can stay connected with you too, so that they can come and ask mm-hmm. you questions. Um, Okay, so we mentioned how we got to yoga and your approach and yoga for everybody. Um, I love what you said, too, about, like, we can't assume what people can do based off of what they look like. Mm. Listen to me, Kelsey. Because somebody could look at me and think I, my body, right, that I could do whatever, have no limitations, no problems. I I am in some form of pain every day. Mm -hmm which is not something that I vocalize often. Um, and I think it's because it ain't going nowhere. <laughs> That's just, you know, a part of my lived experience. And it varies. There's some days where it's just subtle aches and soreness and other days where I literally just have to lay down. Yeah. Um, I have uh, fatigue flare-ups sometimes mm-hmm. that are so intense that they make me nauseous. Mm-hmm. It's not a sleepiness. It's like body fatigue. Mm-hmm that is incapacitating. Mm -hmm. I literally just have to lay down for days um, to to recover. You're not going to know that looking at me. You're not going to see that on my Instagram. You're not going to see that on my pictures. Uh, And so I want to make sure I'm very clear that it is not about what you look like, what experience you have. None of that is important here. Mm -hmm. It's just about you being ready to show up. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kindness is important because I've, I've had... I've, I've had people come to my yoga classes. This was before COVID kind of shut everything down. And I check in with students and I'm like, hey, you know, what brought you here? And horror stories. Yeah. I haven't done yoga in three years because the last studio I went to, they moved way too fast. They were doing all these advanced moves. They didn't explain anything. Mm-hmm. And it was traumatizing for them. And then they find the studio that I teach at, and which is welcoming to everyone and has options for everyone. And they're just like, I didn't even know a yoga studio like this could exist. Mm. People are going into power yoga situations Mm -hmm. and feeling very left out and left behind and embarrassed and self-conscious and uh, their confidence is really low. And so I'm like, in hearing that, I don't ever want to be someone that perpetuates that ever. Like, no, you will not feel that with me. I will not. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Healing trauma through your yoga practice and through your yoga teaching and through just journeying with your students. Um, Yeah, no, I love that. Okay, so tell us about this rest advocacy Um, and you being a rest activist. How did you how did you get that title? I love that, by the way. Man, I'm going to just tell you, I straight up gave it to myself. Uh So I'm just going to call myself this because I, when I started teaching, so, you know, you, you know, you go through yoga teacher training, you get a little nervous about what it's going to look like to teach a class and Mm -hmm. sequence things and your voice and all of that. And so I actually started teaching before I finished my program. Mm -hmm. They needed someone to fill two classes on a Monday night. And my mentor was like, listen those classes I don't want them to go I need a teacher and she was like will you do it and the voice inside me that was like I'm not ready was like no 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 I can't I can't but then I just said f it yup I'll take them Mm -hmm. so I was teaching maybe I think it was like 
four to six weeks before I even finished my program. And uh, I taught two classes. One was just, uh, what was it called? Just just a regular flow class, nothing Mm -hmm. fancy, uh, just a regular flow class, a gentle flow class, and then stretch and restore, which was a restorative class. So I took over those two. And something happened to me in my second class when I was able to get people to rest with intention Mm -hmm. because that's what restorative yoga allows you to do. There's a difference between coming home, laying down on your bed and vegging out and watching Netflix for hours. You are relaxing, but you're not resting. Mm -hmm. And with restorative yoga, you know, you have the support of props. So you have bolsters and blankets and blocks to put underneath all your body parts so you can fully relax and melt into what you're doing without worrying about tension or squeezing or strength or none of those things matter. And when I would hear people say after the class, like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much I needed that. Or I haven't, I haven't been sitting still in months and this is the first time that I feel like I actually have been able to be still. I was like, this is my calling. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this is my calling because I love it. I love the fact that I am allowing you space to 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 rest and feel good yes. and not worry about sweating, not worrying about calories that you burned um, or whether or not your Apple Watch is going to count the movement. Mm-hmm. None of that matters in this space. And people come to this space for that. Yeah. Um, another experience I had, I was a part of a, a sister circle and my mentor, she loves to throw me on, out on, on, the, on the spot. So she's just like, hey, you should close us out with a little bit of meditation and a restorative pose. And I was like, mm-hmm. the little voice inside me was like, I'm not ready again. But then I was like, bet, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm in this room full of beautiful black women and I'm sitting in the center and I get them to lay down in a restorative savasana. So they have like blankets under their knees and under their back and under their neck and their arms are supported by bolsters and they're just laid out. And um, I use that time to recall the things we talked about in the circle and I play a really amazing song by Janae Aiko um, called Trigger Protection Mantra mm-hmm. uh, and it says slow down you are protected mm-hmm. it, she repeats that over and over again so I let them relax and meditate to that song and then after it was over close them out with some you know small meditation at the end I had a few women come up to me and just embrace physically embrace me and just be like I've never had an experience like that before I've never again I've never been able to relax like that before I've never felt safe enough to to be that still to let my body even do what it does and we had had some conversations about past trauma in that circle we had talked about the things that all these women had experienced and they've never really given themselves permission Mm -hmm. or their bodies permission to Mm -hmm. relax because when you've gone through something like that the things that they have been through, you are on high alert. Mm-hmm. Your head is on a swivel, mm-hmm. understandably, because you've been through some things. But mm-hmm. to be able to create a space where no one's worried about harm yeah. finding them, no one's worried about having to relive any of that, and instead it's a healing space, mm-hmm. it was another confirmation. I'm like, this is it. I now understand with my own body, with my own experiences, why this particular yoga program, why this particular mentor, um, this adaptive, accessible space that I was in and then being charged to teach that class, I was like, okay, yep, 
it's like this it's rest it's rest ministry that's what it is like this is what i've been called to do and i've been searching for a long time for years i've been dabbling in and out of all kinds of community work just looking for that thing and it was the yoga that was like ah this is how you this is what you're supposed to be doing (laughs) this is soul food honey i feel nourished I feel nourished. I feel nourished. Listeners, I hope that you guys are feeling nourished as well. Um, Yeah, so you talked a lot about healing trauma through rest and recovery and restoration and and guided meditation. And when you were describing that whole bolster setup, like the ways that you took care of their physical bodies in that space, listen, that sounds so juicy and so yummy and <laughs> I'll do it for you next time I'm in town yes. <laughs> I'll bring my my blankets and my bolster yes speaking of next time you're in town I'm not gonna we're we gonna talk about that when we turn this off because I don't need everybody knowing your, <laughs> knowing, knowing all your locations however um yes no we've decided that uh I'm I'm claiming you as my as my new We've claimed each other as our new... This is a thing. We both were like, so we're friends. Yeah, you want to be friends, right? Okay, cool. So Glad you you agree, because if you didn't, I was going to try to convince you. Uh It was a good idea. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Yep, so whenever you come back to NC, there's a Black black Farmer's Market that's happening soon in September. Mm. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, you know, how you feel about being out in the world, but yeah, come Come on down. Um, I have plans. We'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, no, but yeah, that was so nourishing. That was so nourishing. And just to get to hear you speak about it. So I can only imagine what um, getting to experience one of your classes is like. I had an opportunity to experience one of your meditations from Insight Timer. Um, and you put me right to sleep. So, good can, yes girl you put me right to sleep so I can only imagine what like sharing sharing energy and sharing space like in person would feel like and so um if you wouldn't mind giving us a little a little more soul food through through a little guided meditation um and then we can make sure that people are able to stay connected with you absolutely platforms. so I have my my little meditation notebook. I write my little meditations in. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm going to ask that you participate. Oh, 100%. so I want you. Okay, good. I'm like I want you to be in this. Oh, I want to yes. grab something real quick. Yes, grab what you need. I am one thousand percent doing this. Listen, <laughs> it won't be super long. It usually averages out to be about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it is it'll be what it is when i'm done i'll be done mm-hmm. and that's just how i see it so mm-hmm. but i do i'm curious i'm actually going to time it i'm like i want to know how long it takes yeah um hold up i'm going to reposition up. myself as well so you guys that are listening in with us take a moment to position your yourself in all the ways that you need to um mm-hmm. and put my my back up against this good get yes get nice and settled yeah Oh, this is so exciting. So one of my favorite things to do is just to start with inviting you when you're ready to close your eyes. So get settled, close your eyes, and simply listen to the sound of your own breathing. In and out, gently through the nose. 
This space was created with you in mind. This space is safe for you. I know sometimes people think the goal of meditation is to clear everything out of your mind. And I like to think that it really can help you just focus on what's really important in this moment. It's okay if thoughts come in, greet them with compassion and let them float on by. And just continue breathing. The topic I was asked to, to cover today was around rest and recovery. For me, rest must always be pursued with intention. You've got to dedicate yourself to finding it, to making it a part of your life. And without it, our ability to show up full force for others and more importantly for ourselves is greatly diminished if we don't pursue it with intention. Continue breathing here. Continue allowing your body to be soft here, to be supported here. I'm gonna open us up with a quote from Audre Lorde. And she says, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation and that is an act of political warfare. Caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation and that is an act of political warfare. As I reviewed that quote, it, it made me feel that it was important to help people remember that you were born worthy of wellness. It is your birthright. Don't ever feel the need to justify the boundaries you uphold to protect your well-being. You don't have to offer disclaimers. You don't have to offer justifications. They matter all the time. Take a moment to place one hand over your heart and one hand at the belly and just feel your breath. Feel your body creating space. While you're here, I'm gonna do a little body scan to help you further relax. Continue breathing, continue feeling the breath. 
beginning at the top of the crown of your head, moving into that space between your brows, smooth out any wrinkles, any squeezing. Relax. Your eyelids are soft and heavy and your gaze is unsearching. You're not looking for anything but to be right here, right now. Unclench your jaw and remove your tongue away from the roof of your mouth. Allow your jaw to be soft and heavy. Roll your shoulders down and away from your ears. Make sure there's space between your shoulder blades. We hold a lot of tension in this area. Shoulders are relaxed. Your chest and your your belly are soft. You're only moving with the breath. Your core disengaged. Your hips and knees, those joints are relaxed. They're not squeezing or trying to hold any particular posture. Fingers and toes are soft. We're not reaching for anything. We're not holding on to anything. We're allowing our bodies to be held instead. From here, I invite you to take a slow, deep inhale through the nose, filling your belly like a balloon, expanding into the ribs and the chest. An open mouth, sigh everything out. Beautiful. Again, slowly inhaling through the nose, filling the belly, the ribs, and the chest. Then sigh everything out. One more breath like that. In through the nose, expanding the belly, opening the ribs into the chest. Then sigh everything out. From here, you can return back to your normal breathing. Just notice where you feel more space, where you feel lighter, where you feel softer. I have a couple guided questions for you in this meditation. And I don't want you to feel pressure to have the answers to these questions today. That's not the point. Just thinking. My first question is, have you been making more accommodations for others at the expense of your own needs? Continue breathing here. Take a few moments to think about that question. What small steps can you take today 
to make more room for rest in your life. And I said small, right? You don't have to overhaul our entire lives. Continue breathing here as you think about that. Our last question, are you ready to make you the number one priority? Are you ready to make you the number one priority? Continue breathing here. I'm going to close this out with a quote from Warsan Shire. And she says, if we're going to heal, let it be glorious. And I'll say that again. If we're going to heal, let it be glorious. I feel like self-care is not selfish. It's self-commitment. You are always deserving of quiet moments and time made just for you. I'm gonna say something a lot of people struggle with, but it is the absolute truth. You are the most important person in your life. Not partners, not friends, not family members, not coworkers, not the community, but you. Take one more deep inhale through the nose, slowly as you can, filling everything up, and sigh everything out. Take a few more breaths in this stillness. Gently blink open your eyes as I welcome you back. Sister, sister, listen. You set some things free for me. You nourished my spirit, my soul, my heart. That was so good. Thank you. I'm happy. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys, yeah, I hope you guys are over there feeling as full as I am, feeling as nourished as I am, feeling as relaxed as I am. Shoot, it's the middle of the day. This midday nap is going all the way up. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for, thank you for providing that guidance um thank you for sharing your wisdom thank you for pouring into us in the way that you did um i love that the way that you pour into others is also nourishing and pouring into you um 
so yeah we need to we need to make sure that these people that are listening in are able to our family that's listening in our brothers and our sisters that are listening in are able to stay connected with you um so how can folks reach you through what are what are your handles what are the things how can they get to you all my handles um so you can find me at yawellnesscollective.com. Yah is spelled Y-A-A, then wellnesscollective, all one word, dot com. Same on Instagram, at yawellnesscollective. Facebook page, yawellnesscollective. LinkedIn page, yawellnesscollective. Gmail, yawellnesscollective at gmail.com. Boom. So- <laughs> Boom. Boom. All the resources are right there. Y'all Wellness Collective. Um, yeah, so, so many different platforms for you all to stay plugged in to Dr. BMCP. Mm. Wait. Yes. Yes, you got, say, you got it. You got it. It's a lot of letters. Easy, it's a lot of letters. Yeah, I'm I'm still over here resting and, and restoring. So <laughs> don't mind me. Don't mind me. Um, no, but thank you for for being here, for sharing your love, for sharing your life, for sharing your soul, your heart, all of the things that you gave to us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't even thank you enough. Um, but thank you all for for listening. Again, I'm saying thank you so many times, and then the the outro to this podcast is going to come on and thank you some more. Um, but more than anything, we are thanking you for being here, but also thank yourselves for, for being here and dedicating this time to you. I'd like to thank you for being here and for being a part of the living for synergy family. So let's stay connected. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so that you have access to all of the episodes to come, as well as subscribing to the website www.livingforsynergy.com to be added to the mailing list so that you get all of the goods.